Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to today's edition of Calvary Live. My name is Ed Taylor, taking your calls and your questions this afternoon, 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000, or you can text me, 720-336-0897, either one will... Get into the studio here, the 303-690-3000, get you on the air so we can talk. And the 720-336-0897 will be a text, it'll come into us via text, and you'll either get a response by text or an answer on the air. So give us a call, 303-690-3000. Got a lot going on. A lot of opportunities, a lot of churches opening uh, around the state. Uh, grateful that the uh, restrictions are slowly, little by little, being lifted, and men and women are able to go back and worship together as a church family. It's a little different. Um, I, I think that's an underestimation. I think it's a lot different. Uh, it's just not the same. However, it is better than not meeting at all. Um, and uh, we de- we live in some seriously challenging times, uh, seriously challenging times. And how has the COVID quarantine affected you? I'd love to hear. How have you learned to adjust to it? Uh, what is the Lord teaching you through it? I'd love to hear conversations. Uh, I'd like to have a conversation if that's you. Uh, maybe your experience can encourage someone else. Would love to hear it. 303-690-3000. As we wait for the calls to come in, we are here in person at Calvary Church. We just ask that you RSVP. Go to our website, calvaryco.church. We're meeting tonight at 7 p.m. We're in a series at the end of the book of Daniel that I'm calling Understanding the Times. And I want we're laying out what the Bible says the end times will look like, the times just before the coming of the Lord. Powerful, powerful, powerful. And, you know, it's, it's different just being here together. It's different uh, growing together. It's different singing together. Uh, different. It, online's great. We've been doing online for many, many years. We'll continue to do online. Uh, YouTube channel, all of that. We've had that forever, and it's fantastic. We love the technology. But it's not the same. That's sort of like eating vitamins instead of real food. Uh, there's some nutrients in those things, but they're not. it's not food. You need food, uh, and you need to come back to church. So yeah, I'm going to invite you, uh, if, if you're looking for a place to worship tonight, come to our church, Calvary Church here in Aurora, Colorado, basically on the um, corner of Hampton and Tower. Really, it's on Hampton, one block east from Tower Road. We start at 7 o'clock, 
And I'm personally inviting you myself right here, right now. 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000 is the number. Let's go over to Ashley in Lock Bowie, Colorado. Ashley, welcome to the program. Hey, Ashley, I need to, I have the phone lines today. <laughs> I always forget. Uh, I had to hit the button. Ashley, welcome to the program. We lost her. It might have been my fault for not hitting the button on time. Uh, thanks for your show on YouTube. Uh, you know, for our live streams, you're welcome. You're welcome. Welcome. What can I do for my kids to keep them engaged, learning, and in the Bible? Uh, that's a great question. Um, first of all, our pastor, our youth, our children's ministry pastor, Michael, has put on, and they're still there, uh, something he calls Bible bundles. And he does uh, children's ministry video. He records them. They're not live. But he does children's ministry video to help keep your kids engaged, um, just for Sunday school purposes, you know, like in the context of COVID and everything. And the other way to keep your kids engaged is to go down on their level. Uh, every baby, depending on what your kids' age are, so that's another clarification. It we, we depends on what your ages of your kids are. Of course, younger, uh, they have shorter attention spans, so you're going to want to um, take that into account. Um, you know, older, they're going to have more complex questions. And, and I guess the generic answer is the way you keep your kids engaged is to be engaged with your kids and to be there and, you know, learn what their perspective is, learn what they're into and connect the Bible to what they're into uh, and be engaged in their fam in their lives and talk to them about what you're learning, ask them questions uh, and resources abound. You know, there's a uh, free Bible app on your uh, available on your phone from the YouVersion folks. It's a kid's Bible app and a lot of resources there. Uh, there are um, all kinds of neat things available. Uh, and we put out, and many other, there's like churches uh, all over the country putting out stuff online now because of COVID that you can check uh, and connect with them. Uh, some churches are doing really great things because they have full production studios and, you know, praise God. All right, Greeley, Colorado is up first on line one. Matthew, welcome to the program. Hey, Pastor Ed, thank you so much for taking my call. Your guys are amazing and I love you so much. So, What's up? Uh, my question is, uh, I need a prayer request. We're, my wife and I, her name's Janine, she's uh, filing for divorce. Uh, Switch it from separation to divorce, and I okay. guess... Um, the court is on the 31st of this month or the 1st of September, one of the two. two. Two evil days that definitely need prayer over. And the other thing that I'm troubled by and I've been asking God to give me his answer on is <clears throat> she's requesting, I'm a former United States Marine, she's requesting my DD-214 so she can benefit for the 10% tuition on her college. And <laughs> I'm feeling okay. I'm feeling like that's kind of like, okay, you want my benefits, but you, you, but you don't want to work on our marriage, but you, you want the benefits from being married, but you don't. So I'm really asking God, and once again, just a month ago, her attorney emailed me and asked me, like we, we demanded my DD-214, and, and the VA has told me, hey, don't, don't be handing that out kind of thing. So, okay. but it's like, you know, I just don't know what God wants me to do on that. 
Well, I don't either. Um, I have a I have a lot of different thoughts. You know, I, I have thoughts to think through, but I don't either. Like I think the 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 setting aside from the DD two for a moment. You know, I think it'd be worth your time to fight for your marriage all the way to yes. the end. Uh, I think it would be well if the attorney calls you or if you have access to talk with your wife that you could set those things aside and just. Uh, if you have if you have a relationship with her still, if you don't, then you yes, could I be we're, accused we're of harassment. Okay, good. Too, so. okay, well then, you know, it's time to fight for your marriage and remind her that Amen. divorce divorce is something that God hates, and and I know that whatever you guys are dealing with, I was just meeting with a couple recently, and uh, you know they've been married for a while, and they as I'm listening to them and they've got real, real, real issues, no doubt about it. But as I was sitting down listening to them, I just felt like the Lord wanted me to tell them, you know what, your marriage isn't as bad as you think it is. Uh, I know you're in the middle of it, and I know you think you'll never get out of this hole, but it's actually not as bad as you think it is. And you could see a light flip on in their in their faces because you get so stuck, you get so caught up in the moment, you get caught up, you know, and then lawyers get involved, and lawyers are not in the business of saving marriages. You realize that. They're in the business of closing the deal. So... That one, once a lawyer gets involved in a divorce case, I mean, there is some some merit to protecting your interests. I get that. I would want you to do that. But man, once lawyers get involved, they only they make money by the closing the deal. Uh, and so, you know, if you can get around the attorney and say, "Look, honey, let's just go sit down and let's let, let's put this off another six months, or um, continue to try to fight for this marriage," and you know, use maybe even legal counsel for yourself, what you're supposed to do on the DD2. Um, because it, I get the personal part of it. And if you make a personal decision, then you may or may not be right, right? Because you're just, you're offended. You're like, man, you don't want to be married, but you want my, my military benefits. But you, re- but so my thought on that originally was when you said I do, you said she could have her military, your military benefits. Why have you changed your mind? Uh, that's, that's a, that's one of the things I've been wrestling with is, uh, it's like, it's kind of like the little dangly thing. Like here, you want this, but here's what, here's what God wants. You know, I, I don't really care about the benefits. You know, that's, that's, that's something that I had before I even met my wife. And, um, my thing is, it's just kind of like one of those things where it's like that's the only thing that she's really talking about the last couple of days. So it's like maybe a foothold in, and if I've got that kind of like, not leverage, as you say, but kind of the, the simple fact that, uh, yeah, well, I, I want to get. I, it I'll to tell it, you what, yeah. it'll. I'll tell you this right now. If the DD two becomes the point of fight, you both lose. You're not. Yeah, you're I, not going to make fight over anything. That's what happened so in won't... our marriages. I was. I was a double-minded. Christian, I was lukewarm, okay. and every right. day I listened to your channel. Every day in my semi, every okay. day in my car, I constantly yes. can't get enough. And okay. now that I've rededicated my life to Christ and yes. reborn again, and that's all I, that's all I chase after is Him. And I know the ways that I was before, bitter and anger, and just ugh, it's because the enemy wanted me to to rob her joy because. Every day that I'd see my wife amazingly happy and beautiful, and, and there was just something in me. It was this, you know, the enemy was in me telling me, "You gotta, ugh, you gotta take her joy from her." And I, I realized mm. that that's that's because I was double-minded. I was playing sure. the Christian role, 
And and okay. now all they want to do is just go out and yell at the streets, Jesus is real, you know? Yes. And uh, so at work, I'm around a bunch of non-believers, and they're asking me all kinds of questions, and I and I ask my pastor, anyways, I'm getting off subject. But what I want to really want to do is really pray for Janine's heart to, I know God gives us free will, but it's not the right decision, decision that we that right. we, what we make. So well, let's thank pray you, right Pastor now. Ed. Yes, sir. Father, I pray for my brother, um, this very complicated, uh, difficult time in his marriage. I pray for his wife that in her mind, Lord, she would, Father, just, just soften her heart. I, let's soften her heart. We know divorce comes from hard-heartedness. And there may even be very, very good reasons why she's so hard-hearted. And let give it some time to work through those issues. You know, I think of every husband, every wife listening in right now. We've all failed our spouses. Uh, we've all said things we wish we wouldn't have. We've all done things we wish we wouldn't have. And, and you've been gracious to us. So we're asking you to be gracious in this marriage as well. And that there would be a, 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 a reprieve. And give my brother uh, wisdom on what to do with this DD uh, whatever it is, and how he's supposed to process it. And, uh, you know, I thank you for even, there's still rules on the books that um, make a divorce pause. So I'm thankful for that, and we pray for the pause in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Ed. And to all the people out there that are listening to the turmoil in, in marriages, never, never give up. Never give never up. Give up. Amen. Amen. I agree. Thanks, man. Thanks, brother. Love you. Bye. Bye-bye. You know, I think back in the early part of our marriage, Marie was ready to leave me. Of course, we were un- un- unbelievers, and uh, I, we were young unbelievers with a kid. Uh, we weren't high school sweethearts, you know, as some people would have, but we did meet in high school. And uh, she was ready to leave me for good reason. And then I got I got saved. I was a brand new born again believer. Marie then got saved and we're kind of flailing in our walk with the Lord. I'm, I I gave up alcohol and I gave up drugs and the party scene right away, but there were other things that I didn't give up or that I, I did, God didn't work out in me yet. And, uh, and, and so it's still, you know, we got saved in February by September from February to September. Uh, you know, I'm this guy to the way to, and I'm sharing this just to encourage somebody. Uh, because nothing is hopeless, even though it feels that way. Uh, the, the way to describe my Christianity with my wife was, uh, you know, I'd read Ephesians for the very first time in my whole life, reading the Bible. Never read the Bible. I mean, I read Revelation once as a kid, and of course, I went to church with my parents as a kid, but like I never read the Bible. So I'm reading the Bible for the first time. I'm listening to Chuck Swindoll on the radio. He's talking about family. And in Ephesians, it says, wives, submit to your husbands as unto the Lord or something, you know, like that. So I would go and take Marie out of work and we'd go buy her lunch. And I go, look, look, this is what the Bible says. I was right all the time because I had this oppressive attitude toward my wife and mean. I was mean. I was not nice. And she's like, forget this. No, forget, I'm out of here. And she was ready to leave me as a believer. It's like, it's done. I, I was, it wasn't, it wasn't done. Uh, the sin against her wasn't done under the influence of alcohol but it was still sin, and she's like, done, like, forget this noise. And and I went to a conference with my friend Jack. It was a conference in San Diego at a hotel. Never been to something like this before. Raul Reese had a bunch of guys out. Uh, he was the keynote speaker. And 
he taught about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Never heard of that before. The empowering of the Holy Spirit. Not the indwelling, but the empowering. And uh, I'm like, man, that sounds like the way he was, I forget exactly, obviously what he said. It's 28 years ago, but um, I'm like, man, that's what I need. I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit and went home. And Marie said that she saw a definitive change in me. And it still took time for us to work things out. It didn't happen overnight. But fortunately, she decided not to leave. And we just worked on things. And here we are 31 years. We're still working on things. Different things. Uh, but we're still working on things. You know, our kids are grown. Got, uh, you know, our son passed away. We got all that drama with um, um, with that. You know, all the difficulty with that. So that's brought a lot of stress in our marriage over the years. And uh, brought a lot of hurt and pain and bad memories. And, you know, you, you when you have people specifically going after you, um, ministry, you know, besides the drama of my son. And, and so you have your own drama, right? You could fill in the blanks with your own drama, your own difficulty. In this world, you will suffer tribulation, Jesus said, but be of good cheer, I've overcome the world. So our solution is to make sure our marriage is in Christ. So if you've got this divorce papers on the table, take them off, please. I'm asking you, please. Like I just sat with one hour with this couple. We didn't solve their world's problems with for them, but in an hour, man, I was encouraged. I left encouraged for them. I left encouraged for me. I can't say that's always been the case <laughs> with couples uh, coming out of my office or in this case, a conference room. Um, but I felt so good for them, connecting them with another pastor and a, and his wife and I'm hopeful, and I'm so excited for them, because the biggest the biggest issue was humbling themselves to ask for help. That was the biggest issue, and uh, yeah, they got problems for sure. But so does your marriage. So does your marriage. So does your marriage. So does my marriage. We got, of course, the enemy wants to kill, steal, and destroy. But I, man, my heart is with Matthew. Um, my heart's there, man, and Greeley. I'm hoping his wife will just have a change of heart. Doesn't mean everything's going to be solved, but some of you don't want to have a change of heart. Give me a call. I have open lines, by the way, 303-690-3000. Some of you don't want to change because you think if I forgive, then I'm approving of all that sin. No, no, not at all. As a matter of fact, if you're dealing with forgiveness and bitterness and you don't want to forgive and you think, oh, if I forgive him, then I'm just saying he, everything he did was okay, you don't understand biblical forgiveness. I want to send you something absolutely free. All you need to do is email me and say, hey, Ed, you talked about bitterness and forgiveness. Email me at ed at edtaylor.org. It has to be O-R-G, ed at edtaylor.org. <clears throat> and I'll, I'll flip that email around. If you email me during the show, I'll flip it around right at the end of the show so you get an answer tonight. Um, tomorrow I'm teaching at a youth at our junior high retreat, so I don't know what my day is going to look like yet. Uh, so... But I'll try to answer them tonight, okay? You know, right after the show. Then I'm heading off for some other things. So if you're dealing with bitterness, forgiveness, you want info on marriage, I've got links for that too. Um, I collect resources to help you guys. But you got to put the work in. And that's another thing. People don't want to put the work in. It's, it's, it's effort and energy. You know, when Jesus says you want to follow me, it doesn't, it's just like you don't get on a carriage and he... 
or get in a wagon and he drags you along. You've got to learn to deny yourself and take up your cross and follow him as all energy effort. Abiding is not sitting back idly. Abiding is an active thing. It's not passive. And it's active, resisting sin, saying no to sin, saying yes to righteousness. So my heart, let me just pray. God, I pray for marriages listening in. I pray for marriages that have outside drama, in-law and outlaw drama, just wickedness and evil. I pray for families that have been affected by bad pastoring and pastors that just mishandled it and they're in the flesh and they do wrong things. That's a painful thing as I've experienced both of those things. It's very painful. And I pray, God, that those that are on the other side of that will learn to forgive. They'll learn to, to move forward, release people from that debt, and be able to walk in forgiveness and freedom that comes. But it doesn't mean it's not a gaping wound. It doesn't mean it's not hurtful or hard. It is. And I pray for them. And I pray specifically, you know, even marriage is getting bad counsel and, and a pastor's like, mishandling and hurting people, maybe even abusing. That's horrible. It's wicked. So I pray, God, that by your Holy Spirit, you would, you would rescue and redeem and restore in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, let's see here. Noah is a text question. If Christmas and Easter have pagan ties to them, why do we celebrate them? Well, we celebrate Easter as a day to commemorate the resurrection of Jesus Christ because we weren't there. And we celebrate Christmas to commemorate the joy of the birth of Jesus Christ because we weren't there. Because they have pagan ties doesn't necessarily mean that we are participating in pagan worship, right? So like today is Thursday, and I forget who Thursday was named after but the days of the week have pagan origins, uh, and and yet we don't, like Monday is easier. Monday is in celebration, was named celebration um, <clears throat> of the moon god, or Sunday was named Sunday in the su- commemoration of the sun god. And um, we don't, obviously on Mondays we're not worshiping the, the moon god. And Thursday was named after Thor. So thank you, Kevin. And we're not worshiping Thor on Thursdays. So I do understand what you're saying, Noah, that, you know, because they have pagan origins, why do we do them at all? But, you know, most of our culture has pagan origins, and we're redeeming things that the enemy wanted to do. Let me give you a great example of what that looks like. And and, um, Noah, I have a sense that maybe you're younger, but maybe not. And if you are younger, have your parents do this with you. Open your Bibles to Acts chapter 17 and check this out. Paul is in Athens waiting for his friends to come. He's walking around. He sees all these statues, all this idolatry. And instead of standing up on Mars Hill, which by the way, I've been there before. I've been there twice, actually. One time our guide taught Acts 17 or yeah, taught Acts 17 in the Greek on Mars Hill. That was amazing. The second time I got to teach on Mars Hill, literally standing there, I got a picture that Pastor Ian and Katie took of me, uh, and they framed it for me. Very special time in my life to be on Mars Hill, Acts chapter 17, and actually teach there when we took a group on our Footsteps of Paul trip. And as he's there, he sees all these idols, and he he doesn't stand up there and go, you bunch of idolaters, I can't believe what you're doing. Uh, 
you've got to get rid of all these idols before I can ever introduce to you the thing of God. No, instead, he used it to his advantage. And he found a statue that said to the unknown God. And so what did he do? He said, hey, I see you guys are very religious. I see you guys are all connected to idolatry. And I saw a statue that said to the unknown God, let me tell you about that God. And he used something pagan in origin and redeemed it for the gospel. That's what we're doing Christmas and Easter for us as a church. It is by far the most attended. We add services, although this year Easter was online. But still, Easter, I just got an email. Somebody watched our Easter services uh, just this week and rededicated their life to the Lord. Huh. Unbelievable what God does. But Easter and Christmas is when all the families come out, when all the people come out, people are thinking about Jesus. And don't you know that we share the gospel? And in our church, I actually put a suit on to look like a real pastor on Easter and Christmas so that I can minister to people that are visiting. <laughs> Usually I teach in a jeans and a shirt, sometimes a t-shirt, but good stuff, good stuff. 303-690-3000 is the number. We're coming up already on the um, mid-break. So let's see here. Hello, Pastor Ed. I have a question. Listening to your program for quite a while. I listen to the questions. This question I haven't heard asked. I've been praying for many years for a Christian husband. I'm divorced. I have three adult daughters, three grandkids, wonderful life. I just haven't met anyone. I pray God will send someone to me. I go to church all the time. Please give me some suggestions. Well, suggestion number one is that this is a season of singleness, so learn contentment. Uh, that will help you while you're single. I was a singles pastor for many years of older singles, um, and not the younger ones, but the older ones, single adults. And if you don't learn contentment in this, you will perpetually waste all this time. Because the Bible says, I was just telling a brother at church, the Bible says that when you're single, you can devote yourself completely to the Lord. But if you're always wanting to not be single, then you're wasting time. Because once you get married, uh, you're going to have you're gonna have to concern yourself with your spouse, number one, contentment. Number two, Continue to develop relationships in friendships. Um, and even many people are doing that online. I just met a sweet sister as I <clears throat> I was talking to her about her marriage or, and uh, talking to her about um, her family. I said, well, so I always like to ask, how did you meet? And they met online. And it was a cool story behind it all. And they met online. So online is, a, is an opportunity. I know there are single groups around. I mean, you got to be careful because people like to pray, P-R-E-Y, not P-R-A-Y, on single precious women like you. So you want to be careful. But, you know, contentment is going to be it. Just be content where you are and devote yourself to the Lord. And before you know it, you will find yourself um, right there with somebody that God has lined up for you. Just keep your eyes on the Lord. 303-690-3000 is the number. 303-690-3000 is the number. Taking your calls and your questions. Uh, we're coming up on the mid-show break and are grateful that you have tuned in to join us. We've got open lines. <clears throat> 303-690-3000. Can you get that Pastor Cody King as a permanent host 
love that pastor. Well, we don't have an opening for a permanent host, uh, so you'll have to connect with Cody King when he sits in on someone or listen to his teachings online uh, at Redemption Calvary up in Commerce City. And always appreciate him coming on. Um, great brother in the Lord. Um, you should email him and tell him how much you appreciate him. Um, during this season of COVID and everything, it will go a long way. Um, so we don't have an opening, and that's the way it is. And if there might be an opening, maybe the Lord could do something, but not now. But he'll continue to fill in. He's very faithful in filling in, and a great brother in the Lord. So you, music, you hear the music. We're coming up on the second half of the program, 303-690-3000. Give me a call. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Welcome back to the second half of today's edition of Calvary Live. My name is Ed Taylor, taking your calls and your questions. 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000 is the number. All right. We are going to go to line one up in Cap Rock, Colorado. Welcome to the program. Is it Jimma? Uh, yeah. Well, welcome, Jimma. What's the origin of your name? Um, I don't know. My mom just named me after a, after a stone, I guess. Okay, that's pretty cool. Yeah. So what's going on? So my stepsisters... Um, they are, they don't believe in God, and they say that they won't believe in God, and, um, even if it is real, and if they go to hell, at least they'll be together, and one of them is bi, and I just want to know how to help them. <clears throat> well, let me first say that your care for your step step-sisters um, is very good, and I'm glad that you care and love them. And a second thing I'd say is that I used to say something very similar. Uh, here I am, I get to pastor now, I get to talk about God, but for many years, I used to say the same thing. I used to say, I don't care if I go to hell, uh, I'll just party there, I'll just be with all my friends there. And looking back, I see just how foolish that was. It was my way of denying the reality. Like, it was my way of saying, just to shut somebody up, you know, if you will, just like, I don't want to hear about God's love. I don't want to hear about church, and I don't care about hell. But I have to say, I did care a little bit. I just didn't want anybody to know. You know, I did care a little bit, and I have a feeling your step-siblings, they do care a little bit as well, but they're just caught up in a life right now that seems to be more satisfying and more fun for them. And what you want to do is continue to be a good sibling. You want to be continue to be a good uh, sibling to them. You want to be available to them. You want to look for the opportunities to help them and comfort them. You know, to be anything like a sibling normally would be if they're sad to help them, <clears throat> if they need help with homework or any of those other things that would come up that wouldn't necessarily be directly toward the gospel. Um, but you want to build that bridge with them so that when they do hurt or when they do need help or when they... They'll, they'll run to you 
And I know that kind of feels like, man, I don't think they'll ever do that. But believe me, people get to a place in their life where they finally ask for help and it's going to happen in them, I promise you, if it hasn't already. Now, let me ask you this. How old are you? I'm 12. 12. Do you know how to share the gospel? Do you know how to tell somebody about their sins and what it would take for them to be in a right relationship with God? No, because I don't really want to be offensive or like mean or something. Well, you can you you're going to need to learn how to share the truth without being mean. But the the fact that the truth is offensive isn't necessarily your fault, right? The Bible says that the the message of the cross is foolishness. And you would never be a good sibling to them unless you shared the gospel with them. Like that's the whole point. They need to know that the sin that they're in can be forgiven. Now, you don't have to be, you know, we don't have to be jerks about it, right? And I know you don't want to be. You don't sound like one. I know you don't want to be. But we don't have to be jerks about it. We can we can talk about, you know, their disagreement. Well, I don't care about hell. But do you believe there's a hell? You know, you can ask that question. Well, yeah, maybe there's a hell. Well, why is there a hell? Uh, I don't know. Well, do you know the Bible says is that hell was created for the rebellious angels? Uh, and you can start answering their questions. And, and what I think you need to do is learn how to share the gospel without being offensive. And so I want to, do you have something to write with? Um, yeah. I want to give you a, I want to give you a recommendation of a book um, because you want to learn how to share the gospel. That's the most important thing about your siblings um, because there's already, you know, in their life things that you guys don't agree on. Maybe you guys are fighting, you know, who knows? Um, but yeah. I want to give you a book. It, uh, I want to give you a recommendation that, and it's called Share Jesus Without Fear. Okay. And the guy's name is Faye, F-A-Y. Okay. And he's going to teach you how to share the gospel without being mean or offensive. You know that, But the reality is, is that the best thing you can do as a sibling is to make sure that your siblings understand. That it's one thing to say, I want to go to hell but it's better to understand why does hell exist. Okay. And and the reason I shared with you my me because I got saved, you know. I mean, I was hardcore. Like I was get out of my face. I don't want anything to do with Jesus. I don't care if I go to hell. That was me. And finally when I was age 23, God got a hold of my heart and changed forever. So it's possible. Okay. Or stay in touch and let me know how it goes. Okay. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. 303-690-3000. Colorado Springs. Sal is on the line. Sal, welcome to the program. Hey, thanks a lot. My question has to do with uh, yoga and yoga stretching and all those things. Um, okay. Apparently, it's very healthy for you, but uh, I've talked to some friends, and they said uh, don't do it. So... I'd like to get your opinion, and why or why not? Well, yoga is uh, is is rooted in Hinduism, and if you're really practicing yoga, then the idea behind yoga is to acquire the deep knowledge of self and to unite the self with the impersonal, all-invading Brahman. And yoga, in its roots, is completely Hindu. And I know people want to focus on the stretches, but the whole purpose of the stretches is to have you connect with 
Hinduism and the multiplicity of gods. So there's no such thing as Christian yoga. There's no such thing as okay yoga. Uh, if you want to be a man or a woman that is abiding in Christ, yoga is not for you. There are other ways to stretch. There are other beneficial things to do. Uh, is it possible to be in a yoga class and not connect with the Hindu gods? Of course it is, for sure. But why even mess around with it? Um, the essence of it, the interpretation of it, the invention of it was is Hindu, uh, and it's hard to get away from it. It's hard to... Um, the whole instruction, the whole breathing, the whole idea to become one with the universe, the whole namaste, all of it has everything to do with Hinduism. And so... Um, it, there are other things you can do to stretch, to exercise, that have nothing to do with a false religion. Got it. Okay. Thanks for clarifying that. I appreciate your insight. You're welcome. God bless you. Thank you. You too. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000 is the question. Uh, here's a follow-up question. Christmas and Easter, what are your thoughts uh, with respects to means of celebrating Christmas like Easter with trees, Santa, presents, egg coloring, bunnies, are these okay to engage in? You know, I, I leave those things to a, a place of conscience for the people that do it. Um, so if I'm looking at the list, um, we have a tree, but we don't celebrate Santa. We exchange presents, but we don't color eggs, and we don't emphasize bunnies. But I will take your basket uh, full of candy, um, but my we let in the beginning we didn't let our kids engage in that uh, eggs. But then their grandmother started putting money in them, plastic eggs, and I'm like, why would we tell our kids not to go find money? Um, they weren't celebrating Ashtar or the false uh, teachings of of paganism. They were just getting money from their grandmother. Now, could their grandmother have handed it? And stuffed it in their pockets, of course, but she wanted to hide it in her. In her, so I think it's a place of conscience, uh, like Romans says. Uh, at the church, uh, we have allowed trees for the sake of of celebrating families, uh, commemorating, but we don't allow Santa. Yes, we allow presents, but we don't allow bunnies or egg coloring, um, just to keep our focus on Jesus. That's it. You know, that's the birth of Jesus Christ, our our goal, and and maybe one day at the bema seat. Uh, we're going to, Jesus is going to say, dude, you really missed it, man. I mean, I don't know if that's how you, his exact words, but uh, you really missed it. I know what you were trying to do, but you didn't accomplish it or something like that. But I'm, I'm, you know, I want to be careful. Uh, I want to walk in, um, you know, I want to walk in wisdom and I don't judge you if you're in it. If that, if you, you know, you choose uh, a particular way uh, to handle these things, I don't judge you for it. Uh, definitely. Um and if you are comfortable with it and you think you're not sinning, great. If you think it's a sin, I always have to be careful talking to kids because sometimes their parents think it's sinful. Um, and, you know, we, we approached, I approached my kids uh, when they were younger. I told them the truth. I told them that bunnies were not a part of Easter, that it was just a marketing thing and that eggs have nothing to do with Easter. It's just a marketing thing. And yes, if you read the two Babylons, you can see some of the uh, roots of paganism within those symbols. Um, but it's, it's, it's marketing today. It's money, 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 the American way, right? And, uh, may not be God's way, but can you participate without sinning? I think so. Um, uh, unless you're worshiping pagan gods, then don't do it. 
That's one person would say. Well, you know that in uh, Jeremiah it says that you know the you're bringing trees and in your you're worshiping pagan gods. Well, if you're bringing a tree in your house and you're worshiping pagan gods, don't do it. Um, that's what I would say. Good question. Thanks for following up. And I would just say, walk in wisdom and lead your family as the Lord gives you conviction. Uh, we've held on to things uh, early on, and we've changed our mind about things as parents uh, later on. So I think the same would say, probably be the same for you. All right, we're going to head over to Pennsylvania now. Dwayne is calling. Dwayne, welcome to the program. Hey, Ed, how you doing? Good, man. What's up? That's good. Yeah, the... The job at Fisher Auto Parts, it's like, you know, it's like one minute, it's good. And I remember the last time when you said it, it was like, yeah, you know, things happen. It's workplace. But it's like, yeah, I've been out of the workplace for for a long time. And it just seems like it's just like, you know, I try to help people, other people, because it's like when when my stuff's not coming and, like, staying around, just like, yeah, it's still that that work ethic that I have. It's okay. I try to help something, find something else to do. And somebody's like, "Well, get away! You don't even belong over here." You know, it's all something always comes. It's always either a fight or or it seems to be that way. And it's you know, and I I start getting lippy because that's you know that's that's unfortunately that's my nature. You know, it's like wait a minute, you you're flipping out on me for no reason. You know, it's just like I have that that rebuttal or re- whatever is like, you know, or step outside type thing is like coming through my head, and it's like I got to fight it back. And then- well, it sounds like we need to be praying for my brother. So, Father, I pray for my brother Dwayne in Pennsylvania. Uh, the you know work is hard for him; it's challenging. He's made it another day, made it another week. Uh, and I pray you to establish him with supernatural spiritual strength to withstand the spiritual warfare. And I think of everyone listening in, especially with COVID and everything, it's been so, so hard. And and let us have patience with one another, not get caught up in all the politics and all the arguments, but let us walk in the way of wisdom that you give us in your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for calling, Dwayne. Um, I just have a passage of scripture I want to share with you um, in general with what is wisdom from above looks like? Why would a believer on these same topics look and sound different? Uh, how, How would we know? And James says it this way. He says, "Who?" this is James chapter 3, verse 13 through 17. And can I just ask you, you guys that have been posting on Facebook, you guys that have been flipping out, you guys that have been upset and waving a flag that's not the gospel. Um, and listen, I'm not asking you not to have an opinion. Uh, have your opinions, have them under the Lord. But when you're posting these things and you're, you know, I don't know, maybe somebody listening to me was one of those people that scream at others or you're not wearing a mask, you don't care about me, you want to kill me or... Uh, I'm going to wear a mask, you know, whatever, whatever. Listen to what the Spirit says. You're tuned in to this program for this very moment, for this very reason. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show by good conduct that his works are done in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your heart, I'm telling you, most of the posts, most of the attitudes, most of the people flipping out on this stuff 
is self-seeking. Whether you realize it today or not, that's what it is. If you have self-seeking in your heart, I'm going to win the argument. You're an idiot. I mean, imagine that, a believer. You're an idiot. But it's whether it's in your heart or it comes out or you're typing it into a Facebook post, you know, it's like, I can't believe it. Well, don't boast and lie against the truth. That wisdom does not come from above, but it's earthly, sensual, and demonic. Where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. You're just like giving yourself over to the enemy. And he's using you as a pawn in his quest to kill, steal, and destroy. It's just straight up. It's the way it is. Argue with the Bible. Don't argue with me. That's what the Bible says. But the wisdom from above is first pure, peaceable. So think about the next post you're going to write. Are you going to fight an argument? Are you going to make it worse? Or are you going to make it better? Are you going to take a guy out? Or are you going to say, hey, thanks for your point of view. Uh, call me. Let's talk about it. <laughs> I don't see too many posts like that. DM them and say, call me. I'd love to hear your point of view. I don't agree with you, but I've never really heard your point of view before. And you're valuing the person instead of destroying them in Jesus' name, which is, for goodness sake, Jesus didn't even do that. Obviously. The wisdom from above is pure, peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality, without hypocrisy. And the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. You want to talk about how to act during COVID? Focus on James 3, verses 13 through 18. James 3, verses 13 through 18. The Holy Spirit will do a miraculous work in your heart. He will. And you will be a part of helping, not hurting during this crisis. Down to Colorado Springs, I think. Linda, welcome to the program. Hi, Pastor Ed. And um, I know you talked about Easter on a Christmas tree. I did. It's not even Christmas yet, but I am. Yes. I know, but I have a dilemma for the first time. My daughter, who's 18, really started getting into the Bible. I mean, she's reading it from beginning to end. I'm so proud of her. I'm happy because I've been praying for that. Um, But she's telling Mom, we can't have a tree this year. And my dad, who's 86, and my husband, and go, we want a tree. Why can't we have a tree? She goes, Mom, it's pagan. We can't. You can't tell me that you follow Jesus and you believe in Jesus and you're going to put up a tree. So I don't know what to do. Well, it definitely is a dilemma, and it's going to be something that you and your daughter work out. I mean, ultimately, you are stuck between it's my house, so I can have whatever I want, uh, and to not stumbling a sister and maybe helping your dad understand that your daughter has a tighter view of this uh, than you guys do right now. And I think over time, she's so zealous right now, but she's not able to nuance and parse out the fact that a tree in the house is in no way a pagan ritual. Neither are you bowing down to it. Neither are you sacrificing to it. It is a, um, it's a beautiful opportunity to decorate and enjoy. Uh, If you're bringing the tree in to worship a false god, absolutely forbidden in the scriptures. But a tree in your house is no more forbidden than a plant in your house in the Bible. And she's just not there yet. She's zealous. She's in those early stages. She might be a little more conservative. um, But the, the passage in Jeremiah 
um, has is a forbidding. You know, she might be saying, "Well, look what it says in Jeremiah. It prohibits the de- cutting down and decorating of trees." You're right; it does when it's done to sell to worship pagan gods, to be an idol worshiper, uh, to burn it in the fire, uh, in as an offering unto your false deities. And I doubt that you you or your eighty something year old dad does that. Um, but you have a dilemma. You're right. It's will she reason with you? And is it possible as a believer that you just don't have a tree this year? And you help your dad understand, say, look, my our daughter, your granddaughter, is at such a beautiful place right now where she's loving the Lord. And let's not ruin it for her. Let's not create an argument that's not necessary. It really is, according to Romans, your responsibility and mine to bear up with the weaker brethren. And your daughter's a little more uh, or a little less mature than you are, she would be the weaker person. So we make the decisions, the mature ones, we make the decisions to bless the weaker ones. And it really wouldn't hurt you much if you didn't have a tree. About are we're not putting still? it down to worship it and everything else. And if right. she still insists, then I'll talk to my dad. So I appreciate you answering this. You also answered something else for me, the question before, and I didn't even ask. I was watching the news uh-huh. today, and I was getting angry. And yes. I was, my daughter goes, Mom, it's on. Well, they're getting me mad. I don't agree with them. So thank you for that, too. You put me in yes. my place. I do think that you, um, if you email me, I'll send you an article on this so you can help talk to your daughter a little bit more, because I do think your daughter needs to understand how she how the bible what how to interpret the bible and right now she's made a big leap from jeremiah to no christmas tree in the house and i'm not sure the steps that she made to get there i'm if she's brand new you know zealous brand new that she probably skipped a lot of steps but what jeremiah and even isaiah what's being forbidden is not what you guys are doing and she needs to understand that. She can still come to the same conclusion, but she can't use the Bible to get there because you're not, what the Bible prevents is your worship of pagans. The Bible does not prohibit having a tree in the house, number one. Number two, I also have a, a resource that I can recommend for you to get her on a simple book on how to study the Bible, the methodologies of how to study the Bible. Uh, and and I can send you these uh, links and things so you can be equipped because if you do choose not to have the tree just to bless your daughter, that another way to bless your daughter is to tell her the truth um, because she's she is mishandling the Bible. I know she's not meaning to, but she is. She's mishandling it. The Bible doesn't teach that you cannot have a tree in your house. That's not what it's teaching at all. Um, and... You know, she's she's not following her same logic, right? Because if she in any way says that, if she uses the word Monday, um, does she pay attention to the word Monday? Does she ever say it? Not that I'm, I remember, no. She's never said Monday in her life? Oh, yeah, she said Monday, yeah. Right. So, <laughs> so Monday... The, oh, I'm sorry. The tree <laughs> no, no, so Monday is a name given to a day of the week in honor of the moon god. Should she stop saying Monday now? With her logic, she should. But that would be, she. and my point would be, she can say Monday without worshiping the moon god. And she does probably every week. Oh, yes. 
I see what you're saying and exactly. A, you're a lot like of our that. culture has it's, pagan. A, a lot of our culture has pagan roots to it, and we have the we live in this world, but we're not of this world. Definitely. Definitely. Well, okay, thank well, you. You totally answered my question. You really did. Fantastic. Email me and I'll send you more info if you want it. Okay. I will. I will. Thank you so much. And like I said, what you said before, too, about people going, I don't go on the internet, but, you know, just watching certain news channels, everything that's going on now with, you know, yes. the election coming up. So, yes, I appreciate what you said. I feel so much better. I'm going to leave it up to God. Okay, fantastic. God bless you. Bye-bye. All right. Well, here we go. We're almost done with the show. They go by so fast. Um, let's see. We have a sister that doesn't want to go on live, but wanted to know if I could pray for her and her husband that they could start ministering. So, Father, I pray that uh, you would be with this couple that wants to minister together and wants to grow together uh, and that you would open a unity in their hearts, a maturity in their hearts, and you'd open doors so that they would start serving others in Jesus' name. And as they ask, ministering to other people. What a beautiful response of the grace that you're working in their hearts. And I pray that it um, will bring about a glorious new ministry in Jesus' name. Amen. Ah, I, I don't. It's Christmas in August. Here's another text. I, I to me, whatever the topic is, I'm ready to jump in. Uh, from my perspective, a text comes in of redeeming our culture. I love Easter eggs because it reminds me of how Jesus broke out of the tomb, just like a baby chick breaks out of its shell. I love to make Jesus about him the most attractive. Fantastic. That reminds me of an outreach we do with the with the children, the immigrant children here in Aurora, uh, that come in and they live up north. When we take ministry, they have what's called resurrection eggs. And as a part of our ministry, we go down and we relate to the kids where they're at using these eggs. Uh, and they have the resurrection story in them. And and uh, the team shares the gospel using these resurrection eggs. And again, you know, the older you get, like I'm getting old, the more uh, I think the more I grow in my understanding of God and his heart for this world, you'll find that you could use any, you can redeem anything um, it's we're not saying we're not saying that we are sinning purposely willingly, but we can take things and redeem them for the glory of God. We can, and what that means is you don't participate in them, you don't participate in the paganism, right? You buy it back, and that's what was that's how Christmas and Easter got into the Roman Catholic Church is when Constantine married the church with the culture. Which you know, there's kind of a kind of a little bit of inference today where we want the we want Caesar, we want the government to affirm churches. Look, the, the government's never going to affirm churches. I don't need the government to affirm churches. Jesus Christ affirmed churches. I, I mean, I know it's kind of cool to say Jesus is essential and the church is essential because the world says it's not. But what do you expect from the world? They hate Jesus Christ. They hate him. They hate him. Yeah, but what about the Constitution? Well, some of the guys that did the Constitution didn't hate Jesus Christ. That's great, but they died, and people took their place that hate them. Well, the Constitution, it, it gives us the right to 
to gather together to worship, but we don't need the right. I mean, I get it. I'm not against the Constitution. I'm thankful for the men and women that put their lives on the line to defend it. But seriously, like the we're, the church is the church. I don't care what the government says. The church will never stop being the church. The church will never stop reaching the lost. The, church, the, the fact that whether we're meeting in one location or not, it doesn't mean that we're not the church. Uh, now, we're, of course, meeting in person now. I like it. It's God, God intended for us to get together in larger groups. But when we weren't in one, when we took a break because we didn't know what's happening, like we were still the church. And it's glorious to be flexible, but we don't need Caesar to tell us that we're the church. Yeah, but it's going to be oppression against the church. What do you expect? I've been teaching the Bible now for 27 years. And for 27 years, I've been saying, it, I don't know if persecution will ever happen in my lifetime. I don't know if persecution... Well, here we are. Now what? I'll tell you now what. We need to learn how to be wise as serpents and gentle as doves. And let's go after the lost. There are people that had, during COVID, that have been sick. There are people that died. There are people that can't do funerals. There are people that are afraid. There are people that are hurting. There are people that don't have food. There are people that are sick. They've been diagnosed with cancer. They've been diagnosed with HIV. There are people that are are finding out that their kids are transgender. Like, this is the world, man. Let's get our eyes back on the prize. Let's do it. So excited. Praise God for his faithfulness. And the church is the church, and we're going to be the church. Thanks for your time today. See you this weekend. We're studying through Hebrews, calvaryco.church. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's word.